Are we recording? We are recording. Oh yeah, the little lines are moving. How about that? Cool. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode one, the inaugural episode of the brand new Creating Complicated podcast. This is a new project that myself and my co-hosts have decided to um, experiment with. Give it a try. See what happens. We are both digital creators in uh, very separate spaces, but we do have some overlap in terms of projects we've worked on together, some help for each other. uh, But we're both out to accomplish the same thing, and that's ultimately be self-employed and uh, reach that goal of making a living full-time with our respective creative talents. I think that's everybody's goal to be self-employed and work for themselves, and we're we're trying to get there. And this podcast is basically going to be us journaling and detailing our processes, our workflow, different tools and methods that we're using and experimenting with, and basically just talk about how we're trying to build our brand and our business in each of our different digital spaces. And uh, more importantly, and this is where the complicated part comes into play, how we balance our work and family life. We both have full-time jobs, multiple children, and often finding and prioritizing time can actually be the biggest hurdle that we face in any of this. So with all that out of the way, let us tell you who we are and what we do. Uh, First up, my name is Michael Robertson Jr. I am an independent author. I write fiction, mostly in the horror and supernatural thriller genres. Uh, I've been self-published since February of 2011 and have written several books. Um, I had a number one horror bestseller on the Amazon Kindle store uh, called Rough Draft, and I'm currently working on the fourth novel of my supernatural suspense series featuring the character of Lance Brody. And um, that's ultimately my space is is written word writing. I love to tell stories. And my name is Jason Collins, and I am a professional wedding and portrait photographer and videographer. However, I also focus on photographing families a lot as well. And I also do a lot of commercial photography. So that brings us to the topic of our very first episode here today, which Happened to be some really perfect timing. Today is September the 12th and just happened to coincide with Apple's September iPhone keynote, the big announcement that they do every fall where they talk about the new iPhones. Um, The past few years, they've talked about the new Apple watches. And uh, I thought this would be a really neat way just to start the podcast because we're going to talk about our tools and our workflows. And I'm primarily interested to see what Jason has to think about the new iPhones with the camera improvements and just how powerful these tools in the palm of your hand are now for photo and video. Uh, but before we let you go and start your tangent on all of that, I do want to first say that for me personally, my workflow involving the iPhone or the iPad uh, is probably not nearly as complex as what yours is going to be. I do write a lot on an iPad Pro with a smart keyboard. Um, And I was actually really looking forward to potentially iPad Pro announcements today, the new versions of that, potentially new peripherals, like like another new keyboard. Uh, But it looks like they're going to push that back to a later announcement. So today was really all about the iPhone uh, and the Apple Watch. Um, So I'm going to just go ahead and go straight to you. And you can tell me what uh, currently, actually, how do you use an iPhone from a photography and video perspective now with your current setup with the current phone that you have? You know, and that's interesting because 
even five or 10 years ago, using a mobile phone for anything professional would just be, you know, outrageous. But with every year, the phones keep getting better. I currently have a, an iPhone six and it so, it's, shoots, so that's what, four, four years old, four years old. Yep. And it shoots what? 1080 at uh 30, 30 frames per second for, for the back camera. And both of us use that camera a lot for video recording. Uh, you can get some really great uh, video feeds out of just, just your phone. And um, it also does slow-mo and you can do a lot of really cool stuff with the slow-mo. I think what I primarily use it for on the day of weddings is um, lining up shots. I mean, the, the screens are much bigger than what you got on the back of the camera. So I use it to compose shots a lot of the time. And um, I've, seen I, you, I've seen you do some time lapses as well. I do when I'm when I'm doing wedding films. I will do some time lapses with the phones, uh, just because it is easy to set up and kind of leave it there while I go off and record some other stuff. So, yeah, while it is just a, a personal mobile device, it's a very powerful tool in the creative industry. And every year, it just keeps getting better. I noticed in the last wedding highlight film that you that you shot and edited and you put it up on YouTube a few days ago that there was actually a time-lapse uh, in the reception I, as people were coming in the reception. I think you actually cut it out of your final version um, just for some, some pacing issues, mm -hmm. but there was a time-lapse that you had set up and I would have not known that it was your iPhone that was doing the time-lapse if I hadn't had actually seen you in the shot holding your primary camera filming different video. Mm -hmm. um, do you find that even with your iPhone 6, you can intersperse iPhone quality footage, again, iPhone 6, not the newest, best, greatest, you can intersperse that footage if the conditions are right into professional wedding videos that you're editing and shooting and have it pass? 100%. Uh, there's another time lapse uh, earlier in that film that I actually left in. It's of the ceremony. And I had it just, I had it mounted up way above um, people's heads, way in the back. And it was not very bright in that room. So that speaks towards like the low light capabilities of just the iPhone six. And it was just a time lapse. And it wasn't even like a very, it wasn't an actual time lapse, like time lapse mode. It was just a constant video recording. And then I just sped it up later. Right. Okay. Very cool. So what do you do from um, a social media perspective? Do you, do you, do you capture a lot of images that you post for your, like, you know, your Instagram and stuff like that right on the phone? And then send them out or do you do a lot of like you take a good picture with your primary camera, do some editing and then toss them over to your phone to post on social media? Yeah, I'll do that a lot with my with my current camera and any most new cameras now. Anyway, you have a, a Wi-Fi um, capability off the camera itself. So on the day of there is a there is a, a, a lot of room for to just to take a photo uh, and then Wi-Fi it over to your mobile phone and edit it right on your phone. And then you can post it to social media if you want. Um I don't take I personally from my Instagram feed and, and Facebook, I don't take photos with my phone and post them, but the, anything live uh, or, you know, um, any of the stories that you can do. Yeah. I'm doing it with the phone. And is the fact that you're not doing a lot right now, direct from the phone to social media, is that because of maybe again, I mean, the iPhone six was amazing when it came out, it's still a solid phone, but it's four years old and the cameras now like last year on the eight plus and with the 10 and now, Today, with the announcement of the 10s and the 10s Max, um, those can, I mean the video and, and photo capabilities and those things, you know, to me, not a photographer, are just ridiculously amazing. You know, do you see yourself potentially, if you upgrade to one of those, being able to do more just with the phone? 
Uh, yeah, absolutely. You could. Um, it, I don't get, I don't particularly like the, the 28 millimeter, uh, lens that's on that. That's the, that's the wide angle. That's the wide angle. Okay. Yeah. And, um, I don't particularly like that wide angle. I don't like that. It, it seems so common now. And, um, I don't normally shoot, uh, wide like that. So it wouldn't really fit into my feed personally, but I know a lot of photographers that do use it all the time. Um, I know a lot of, uh, videographers that shoot a lot with their iPhones and post that directly to their feeds. So it's, um, I don't know. It's, it's a, that's really just a personal taste, I think. Um, but the camera itself, especially on the new phones is, uh, it's insane. But I mentioned earlier, uh, being able to just Wi-Fi a photo from the camera to the phone and edit it. I mean, being able to edit a photo now, because a lot of uh, editing apps, I mean, it's always been like Snapseed have been uh, popular, but now Adobe Lightroom and Photoshop, they're available on phones. So you potentially you could do a lot uh, just taking the photo on the phone and editing it in a very powerful editing suite on the phone. So yeah, you can do a lot just from a mobile device. Yeah, and you don't even need, um, you know, speaking again from the, the layman side of photography here, you don't even really need that third-party application. With last year, I think it was iOS 11's update to the actual Apple Photos app on the phone. I mean, the level of detail that you can get in, the sliders and the settings for, for exposure and saturation and color and white balance, I mean, that is all right there built in. You don't even need the, your Lightroom and all those other ones you listed. I mean, if you're a professional, you're going to know the differences and the benefits. But for somebody like me, I mean, I could take my iPhone, take a gorgeous picture of my family out somewhere or a setting somewhere and throw in the Photos app and tweak it, you know, and make it the best possible photo I could ever take, you know, without even really fully understanding what I'm doing. But the tech and the power is just there for me to work. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at that point, the only thing, re really the only thing that's, uh, that's separating you from like me, uh, regarding professional photography is just personal taste at that point. You know? Yeah. You can go out there with the new phone. You can take an amazing photo. I could go out there with a, an equivalent lens and, uh, and take an amazing photo with my camera, my actual, my actual, uh, DSLR and edit it. But the only, the only difference would be the, the editing process. Right. Uh, but from, yeah, from like, uh, uh, how you shoot it and what you shoot it with and the lens and the millimeters. Yeah. Everything's going to be the same and you're going to get an amazing photo out of the phone, no matter what. What's the biggest. So before we slide in the video, because I think you might have some more interesting thoughts on the video capabilities of the phone versus still photography. What right now, speaking as a professional photographer, do you think is the biggest drawback to using right now? Let's, say you, let's just say you got the iPhone 10 S the most advanced camera they've ever put in an iPhone. What's the biggest drawback or limitation that you find using an iPhone versus using, you know, a multi-thousand dollar, you know, professional camera with, uh, you know, interchangeable lenses and all the other bells and whistles? Mm -hmm. Well, a lot of it just depends. Um, if you're somebody that's doing some high-end retouching, uh, these lenses, these sensors are only 12 megapixel uh, sensors. So you're not going to get a ton of detail. You can still get, you know, fairly large prints and they're going to look great on your wall. Uh, but from a retouching standpoint, you're not going to be able to dive way into that photo and have a lot of uh, depth and detail to be able to edit and high-end retouch. Um, uh, another thing is you're not shooting. Well, the new phones and some of the apps, you can shoot raw now, um, or it's a, it's, a, it's a raw equivalent, but you're still not going to get that kind of 
uh, uh, raw photo or raw image from uh, a phone uh, versus, you know, a, a DSLR. Um, and really dynamic range, even though that keeps getting better every year. Uh, but dynamic range, the sensors are so much bigger on, um, you know, uh, these cameras. So you're going to get, if you're, if you're going to dive into and really kind of start to pixel peep, um, you know, quality wise, you're always going to get a better quality image out of a DSLR or, you know, a high-end camera, uh, versus a, a phone, but that's not necessarily, that's not necessarily a necessity, you right. know, for, for somebody for your average person, uh, your average person that just wants to be able to go out and take the best possible photo. Like, let's just take me, for example. I've got, you know, kids that play sports. If I want to go out and I want to try to get the best athletic photos that I can get of them in the middle of a game, mm -hmm. does the iPhone cut it for me or do I need something Do I need something different? Um, for action shots? You're, you know, action shots are sitting at a, at a wide angle lens, or maybe if you've got the the newer one, you got a 55 millimeter. Um, it's going to be just fine. You know, it, it's it, it really is depending on what you're shooting too. If you can get in close, the closer you, you can get in, the better. But um, I, they even make little tiny lenses you can put on these right. mobile phones the now. Modular, so modular lenses, yeah, yeah, exactly. So yes, you can absolutely go out and do that uh, with your mobile phone. You, there's no need to go out and get some sort of consumer. Uh, you know, camera. You, right. you, you, they're they are a thing of the past now, in my opinion. So that, that's kind of my question. From the hobbyist perspective, or just the casual photographer, there's really no compelling reason right now, unless you've kind of crossed that threshold threshold of technical ability and know how mm -hmm. to want something more. There's no real reason that you need to go out and buy a, a, a camera that costs a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars when you have a newer iPhone. Yeah, unfortunately, a lot of the, the majority of the people that buy those those cameras have no idea how to use them and they would be better off using their phone mm -hmm. because the phone can do so much more processing for them. And yeah, they would be better off with the phone. Yeah. What did, what did Phil Schiller say today? The, the machine learning for the new, on the new chip in the iPhone, what did like 1 trillion per calculations a second or something? Uh, well, 1 trillion, yeah. 1 trillion, uh, um, processes, processes per image right, right. yeah it, it was insane i mean because it would take it would they were doing a uh an action shot and so some was girl girls jumping in the air so it took not only a, a burst mode to be able to get like the best angle but it also took exposures like it took like a it was called a smart hdr is what they called it mm -hmm. so it was like um uh it, it took a, a longer exposure it dragged the shutter a little bit so it, it exposed for the shadows it took a quicker one to expose for the highlights and then it merged all those together and, you know, the, you only see one picture, you know, but that right. picture, that one picture, it looks great, but, but you have no idea what the phone actually did. Right. If you were to, if you were to give a DSLR to somebody that didn't know what they were doing and said, here, point there and shoot that. And they shot the same picture at the same time from the same angle, the picture would be completely different, probably in favor of the iPhone because it's making all those calculations on its own and adjusting so to speak, for the person not knowing what they're doing. Yeah, 100%. Right. The picture that, to, to that point, the picture that I thought was impressive was the one that they shot of the guy in the water facing the sun, that the camera was facing the sun. And the, Phil Schiller said, he goes, here you go, we're, we're doing, 
absolutely what you're not supposed to do. Taking a picture, looking directly at the light source, basically. With a smartphone. With a smartphone, yeah. And the phone was able to compensate for all that, like you said. Take those multiple images, get the highs, get the lows, you know, and just make that perfect image without the user having to know what they were doing. And a lot of that is the, is the machine learning and a smart HDR. Right. Knowing that it's shooting into the sign, knowing that it has a subject right in front of it, and, you know, being able to tell what it's trying to expose for and what it's trying to do. Right. So let's, let's, so that's, I think that's kind of the verdict on that is the photographer has said that for just about every person, an iPhone camera is going to get the job done for you. But that segues very well into the video aspect. Okay. Yeah. That's where I want to go. Yeah. The video on these things is amazing. And we know of a movie recently that was entirely, this is a Hollywood produced movie shot entirely on an iPhone eight or seven. I think it was a seven plus. Yeah. Steven, Steven Soderbergh, famous director. Uh, he shot a movie last year. I think it came out earlier this year uh, called Unsane. It's actually got Claire Foy in it. She stars in the crown on Netflix. Um, but he shot it entirely on an iPhone. Now, obviously they did have some of those um, modular lenses attached to it here and there. They were obviously recording, you know, some, some, high quality sound they had some sound tools but the video was shot mm -hmm. entirely on an iphone 7 plus i believe they shot it in 4k and i watched it it's, it's currently on amazon prime again it's called unsane u-n-s-a-n-e and uh, i watched it and at first when you start watching it it's a little jarring because you can just kind of tell that there's there's a little bit of the depth of field you know, that that's, that's off. Like you can just tell this looks kind of like it was shot on an iPhone, but after about five minutes, you forget that fact and you just get drawn into the story, which is what any good film will do. And then after you sit back and you go, Holy crap, that guy just made a whole Hollywood movie and did nothing but hold up his iPhone and shoot it. Like that is just amazing that we have reached that point in technology. And I just read an article earlier this week that he actually has another movie. They just finished. Um, that was also shot entirely on an iPhone. They didn't know if it was an eight plus or an iPhone 10, but Netflix bought the rights to that, and I think they're showing it in 2019. So, yeah, now you've got Hollywood, you know, um, professional who's been in the game. And this isn't a nobody. I mean, this is a, a veteran of Hollywood who's now making movies only on an iPhone and choosing to do so. That's, yeah. that's pretty amazing. So, yeah, so from the video perspective, I mean, these things – these things are ridiculous. I mean, they're shooting 4K at 60 frames a second. The new ones, the the, the new ones uh, that came out. I think the A plus does as well. I'm the 10. Does it at 60 I'm, frames I'm a second? I'm pretty sure. Well, maybe not. But uh, either way, 4K at 30 or 4K at 60. I mean, there are still some some DSLRs that are out there that aren't doing that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, who was it? Uh, Fujifilm and um, someone else, Canon and Nikon. They all just released mirrorless cameras and uh yeah their 4k footage is way down i mean it's only you got it shut you got it right there yeah 4k at 60 and you have a yeah i have an 8 plus and it'll, it'll shoot 4k at 60 frames a second yeah that's crazy um yeah but you know not only the camera like so the cameras are amazing in this new phone um but the chip it's the a12 bionic and uh, with the with the smart processing and machine learning and all the new processing of the um, uh, of the film of like the video recording, the the stuff that they showed during that, the low light performance. I mean, and this was like low low light. This was like dusk, mm -hmm. and it was it looked amazing. It just looked so good. That's uh, I think above anything else. I think the video capabilities of these phones is game changing. 
I agree. Think, think of Casey Neistat. Right. You know, the, the majority of his uh, time lapses, you know, all, in all of his vlogs for the past five years right. have been done on a mobile phone. And right. they're just and it's and, and, and it just varies from phone to phone. Right. For those of you that don't know, Casey Neistat is a very popular. Uh, he's currently, I guess you would call a YouTuber. Uh, creative influencer. He's got like 10 million subscribers on YouTube, but he basically does uh, daily vlogs detailing his life. And he, d he does do a lot of time lapses. And yeah, I think you're right. Most of them he said are just shot on an iPhone, mm -hmm. which is, is just incredible. It, it's, we've said this before um, and this podcast, I think is probably going to dive into this more as we keep going um, throughout our episodes, but there's really not a better time to be a creator um, both from the tools that you have to get your content, you know, to an audience, but also just the ease of creating the content. Again, if I, I can go buy a new iPhone tomorrow or use the iPhone I currently have, I can take great photos. I can shoot great videos and on the same phone, edit that, you know, into a short film or into a vlog or whatever I need to do and upload it, you know, all from one device in the palm of my hand. Yeah, absolutely. If you, if you start adding different devices, iPads, a Mac, you know, a, a Windows PC, like the tools are coming cheaper and cheaper and the technology is getting better and better. I mean, anybody can make anything they want right now, really without any excuses. Yeah. And the only limitation is your own creativity. Right. Yep. And drive. But yeah, all the tools are there. So you've got an iPhone 6. iPhone 10s just came out, is announced today. Are you upgrading? Yeah, absolutely. Are you going to get the just the 10s or are you going to get 10s Max? By the way, we talked we chat about this earlier because they did leak earlier this morning that the 10s Max might be the name for the larger screen uh new phone instead of the the naming convention they've been using like the 8 and then the 8 plus for the bigger one. They went with 10s Max instead of 10s plus because they were saying it was bigger than the plus size phone. Um do you think that's the one you're going to get or are you going to get the standard size 10s? I mean, for somebody that does so much photo and video, I would think personally you'd want the biggest screen you could get in the palm of your hand. That's so hard because it's such a big phone. But you have the Plus. Yeah, I have A Plus. So here, hold it. The A, the a Plus is basically the same size as the 10s Max. The only difference is the 10s Max is all screen, and I've got a, a top and bottom bezel with the home button and the, and the speaker up there. Yeah. It, you know, the way, you know, obviously the way people get phones now is they, they do the, the monthly plan. So, yeah, the price for the, what, the uh, the Max was $10.99? $10.99 was the, the outright price. So you mm -hmm. figure probably 30 or 40 bucks a month from your cell provider if you're going to do the payment plans. Yeah. I, I think... Yes, I'm probably going to get the biggest and the best. <laughs> well, not only from the screen size, but also battery life. Yep. If you're out there at a wedding or if you're out there with your family or wherever you are and you're using that iPhone for a run and gun type situation, like you you want that battery life to last as long as possible. So For sure. And especially doing time lapses, uh, that can be a huge battery drain. And I know that on my current phone, I have to charge my phone three or four times every day now. It's just, it's such a pain. Uh, so I will appreciate the, the battery life for sure. And the the dual cameras on the uh, the S and the Max will be nice. That'll be new for me. I haven't had that. Um, I definitely don't think I'm getting the R. The R is the single camera. It's the LCD screen. So, yeah, I've been I've been chimping on a phone for quite a few years now so yeah last year when they announced the iphone 10 jason and i were chatting and he was like oh i'm definitely getting that iphone 10 
Well, we're a year later and he's still rocking his iPhone six. So yeah, he's <laughs> he is due for an upgrade. I upgraded last year from a six to an eight plus um, because I was my my phone was just shot. The battery would not last for more than ten minutes, and basically, instead of getting it replaced, I just went ahead and got a new phone. I, w- I was ready. Three years was long enough with the same iPhone. Yeah, so, uh, I'll be getting the S X S Max ten S. Don't say X. X. The, the Apple 10, people will 10 S Max. Yeah. Got it. And I'll probably. I will probably get the 512. Really? Yeah, at least 256. Yeah. But I'm leaning towards it 512. So that's the other thing. Forget the tech. I mean, obviously the technology, the, the, the raw power of these devices is getting so amazing. The storage is getting ridiculously cheap as well. The 512 is more space than I have in my current MacBook Pro. That's really? You don't have a 256 in the MacBook Pro? I have a 500, yeah. Interesting. In Interesting. Mm-hmm. So I've got the two. I've got the two hundred fifty-six gig eight plus. And you and I basically, we, we just went down on vacation together uh, to the beach with some buddies um, to play some golf for four days. And we shot a ton of video, four K at sixty frames a second video on my iPhone. And I think I still have like two hundred gigs of space free on my phone. So I can't imagine using five hundred and twelve gigs of space. But I guess considering that's what you do for, uh, you know, your business. Yeah, and the, you know those those time lapses um, are they take up a ton of space anyway, well, right? Because you're doing like you said, you're doing you're just basically doing straight video recording and then right. speeding it up as a time lapse. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that would ten minutes of four K video for a time lapse. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and you know it it all depends on the actual situation. If I'm doing time lapse of like the venue, I probably won't do just video, but um, things like where I if I need to slow it down at some point in the middle and actually get some video, I, I have to do video. You know, uh, time lapsing at that point. Interesting. So you're ready to upgrade. Uh, the cameras are arguably enough for any person that's not a complete professional. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, even professionals out there will be using yeah. this phone. Well, and Apple always does that. Every year that they put out a new phone, they get, you know, popular journalists. Like they, they give them to like the Sports Illustrated guys and, and like the New York Times guys. And they say, here, go shoot with these. And then like a week later, they do blog posts and articles where they like, look what this guy, you know, Sports Illustrated journalist takes nothing but an iPhone XS to the NASCAR race and look at these amazing photos he got. Like, they do it on purpose. They give them to the pros to say, look, it's good enough for them. Obviously, it's good enough for you. There was one feature in this new phone that blew me away. It was the the depth of field editing. Oh, right. Yeah, the, the bokeh. The bokeh. And again, I think that probably that probably goes right into the uh, the smart HDR where it takes just a bunch of different photos, right? So basically all that's doing is it's taking, you can go into the photo afterwards and edit it and you can actually edit the F-stop. And all that does is it adjusts the uh, the actual bokeh in the background or bokeh, I don't, depending on who you're talking to. But it's that, it's that blurry background. That depth of field that you get. Exactly, right. right. So, um, you know, on, a, on, a, on an actual like, camera, if you have a fast lens, you stop it down to, or you open it up to 1.4, 1.8, you'll get that blurry background. Now you can take these photos with these with the, with the iPhone, and it's taken in the portrait mode, and it's taking all these different photos at these different f-stops. And then you can go into the photo afterwards, and you can adjust manually the f-stop. So you can make the background really crisp and in focus, or you can make it really blurry and, and make your subject pop. And being able to do that in the phone after you take the picture, after you take the picture, yeah, is amazing. Yeah, it's that, not it's not necessarily game changing. There's a there's a camera that came out uh, a couple of years ago that had that did something similar, um, but it never really 
it, it never really got a lot of traction. But now that people can do that in their in their smartphones, right. that they'll have in their pockets yeah. all the time. It's making it mainstream. Oh man. Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be a huge one. Yeah, that, and that's that's already that's just basically enhancing the already like really popular portrait mode that they introduced, which was what back on the seven plus, I think. Mm-hmm. Seven plus was the first one to have it where they were doing that that bokeh, that depth of feel. I mean that the, I mean that there's been some fantastic pictures I've seen taken with that. I've taken some, you know, of of stuff around here, the family. They're really cool. But now having that extra layer of editing. And that's again, Apple just taking stuff that was once only at the pro level, the complicated, you know, tech know-how level and just giving it to everybody and making it seem easy. And I, you know, love or hate Apple, you got to give them credit for some of the stuff that they do and cram into these phones. Their, their camera team, I think I heard at one point in time, they had like, was it 200 or 300 different employees that did nothing but work on the camera team? Wow. Yeah. So, um, that's really it for the iPhone. I mean, we're not going to, you know, geek out all over all the other specs that were pretty impressive about them. But um, do you want to ask me any questions about how I use iPhones in my daily business? Emails and text messages. That's about <laughs> it. And Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. For the the writing publishing world, I mean, a lot of it's just the normal stuff. The, the email, the messaging, the Facebook. I do use it for Facebook and Twitter a lot, you know, but I'm not doing a lot with photos and videos unless it's just it's personal stuff. So now that's just that is that is talking to the camera alone. I mean, for from a business standpoint, you know, mobile devices staying connected. Mm. I mean, that's 100 percent all day long. Oh, yeah. We're mm-hmm. able to connect with audiences. You're able to check emails. Uh, yeah. stay on Instagram or stay on Facebook or just any social media for that matter. Yeah. Uh, lives. Yeah. Facebook lives, mm-hmm. Instagram stories, all that is Instagram live, Instagram TV, all that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. No, the, the, I mean, the smartphone has, has revolutionized businesses period. And then from the creative businesses, I mean, there's just nothing you can't do anymore. Yeah. There really, there really isn't. It's, it's everything you need you know, in the palm of your hand. I sound like a walking advertisement, like a cliche, just like, you know, Apple fanboy. But like, if you really stop and think about it, like, it's just amazing what you can do just by holding your hand up and clicking and tapping a few buttons with your thumb. Mm-hmm. And, so, and, and it's not just iPhones, obviously. I mean, it's any any smartphone. Uh, as long as you got it with you, it's your, it's your most powerful tool. Right. Um, so. It really allows, it really allows creators to, um, have a have a face have a personality right you know especially from a writing standpoint you know you write your books you put them out but that's never you ever right it's just your stories are put out but now you've been doing your lives you can do your lives straight from your phone um now you are building a brand you're building a a personality right yeah, and that the, makes the, a huge difference. The, the the ability to reach an audience through different social media channels from right, right again, right from your palm of your hand is is at the best state it's ever been in, and it just keeps getting better. So, yeah. Um, to wrap up the Apple keynote, uh, we both have Apple watches. What do you think about the new Apple watches? I think they're great. I think they're they're amazing pieces of technology. I don't know if I'm going to get a new one though. Right at this point, the one that I have. Is I have a first gen, very first gen. We're in series four now. Yeah. Um, I don't even have the first gen with the new processor. I have very, very first gen. You got an OG. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it still works just fine for me. Like it still tells tells me the time. I can still do my workouts. It tracks everything I need it to track. Um, battery life isn't great on it anymore. But uh, honestly, 
I have no reason to upgrade. All right. So I also have an OG Apple Watch. I got it day one, uh, and I was like, I was a uh, again the Apple fanboy that was up at three a.m. pre-ordering uh, when they first announced them. Um, I am going to upgrade to the Series Four. I don't know that I'll do it right away, but I definitely am going to upgrade um, first and foremost because I'm really bummed that Watch OS Five is incompatible with the OG. Yeah. It won't update, so I don't get any of those new features, even from the software perspective. Um, and secondly. Mine has gotten pretty slow. I don't use it for as much as I used to just because it's gotten cumbersome with its sluggishness. But also my battery life is is pretty bad. If if I do a workout that is 30 to 45 minutes um, and I wear it the rest of the day, like come seven or eight o'clock at night, like it's already complaining that my, my battery is almost dead. And I know some people, uh, people I work with actually, that there's they're just worse than that. They can't even get through, you know, the whole workday without having to charge their watch. So battery and the lack of update now um, is probably going to really make me want to upgrade. Plus, I think the new ones have some amazing features. Um, the bigger screen, um, you know, the, the, obviously the faster processor, the haptic feedback on the, the digital crown, the the new heart stuff they're doing is is pretty amazing. Like, but they keep calling it your intelligent guardian for your health. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy that they got a clearance from the FDA for the um, the AFib yep. uh, uh, feature and the ECG features. Right. I mean, th- that stuff's that stuff's crazy that you can do from a, a watch yeah. that you're wearing. Um, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, the new the Series Four looks looks great. Uh, you know, visually, it's amazing. Uh, bigger screen. Uh, they got rid of the smaller watch. Now they got what a forty and a it's forty a, instead of the thirty eight and forty two millimeter. Now it's forty and forty four millimeter. Yeah, and uh, uh, they have a lot of uh, features that they've upgraded with uh, haptic feedback on the crown. And, yeah, I mean, it's a bigger screen. It looks amazing. Um, it's a, it's a louder, 50% louder, uh, two times faster than the last gen, which is probably 100 times faster than ours. Right. You know, it, it's a great it's a great uh, watch. And um, if you don't have one, now's the time definitely yeah. go get one yeah and on the to that point also like if you don't have one and you don't really want to shell out the cash for a series four they're still selling the series three and they've got them pretty heavily discounted now and the series three was of course you know last year was the most amazing apple watch you could buy so mm-hmm. i think if you have a series three right now you're probably not too pumped about the new one unless you you know really need the biggest and best and greatest um, or if the heart stuff really interests you that much um, but if you have a, a OG or a Series One or a Series Two, I think this is definitely going to be more enticing for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that was a lot of geeking out over yeah. just tech. Right. Yeah. Not not every week's episode will be uh, this tech center. We will definitely talk, you know, about the tools that we use and and new stuff we're playing with and experimenting. And Jason will probably, uh, from the photography and video side, geek out a little more frequently than I do. Uh, just because it's what he does. And there's um, so much gear out there. Yeah, there is a lot of gear there. And the the interesting thing about that is, like, I don't even fully understand a lot of the tech stuff from the photography side. I know enough to be dangerous, uh, mostly thanks to Jason. But I find it listening. Uh, I find it fascinating to listen to people like him talk about these enhancements. Um, and again, we do do some short some short film work. So the more I know, the more educated I am in that kind of thing, the more I can help when it comes down to us making those you know, those projects. So, yeah. And the short films are great because we are basically learning as we go. Right. Making those things. Yeah. Um, so that's really, and we're with our, our newest short film, we're actually filming a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Right. So 
uh, hopefully we'll have that available too. Yeah. If we ever, if we ever finish that, we'll be sure and let you know, (laughs) but anyway, I think, uh, that's probably going to wrap up episode one. We, like you said, we've rambled on and geeked out long enough about, uh, all the new Apple phone stuff and watch stuff that we're excited about. And, um, we will be back for the next episode and we'll get, uh, get back into what we're doing, why we're doing it, how we're doing it. And, uh, if we survive this crazy, uh, creative world we're living in now we want to do this every week oh absolutely yeah we're going to do hopefully one episode a week maybe more if we get really ambitious and have a lot to talk about who knows i don't know about all that you're just sounding crazy now (laughs) well this all goes back to that work-life balance if we can (laughs) if we can balance multiple episodes of a podcast why not do it yeah yeah absolutely assuming anybody listens to us well now you're just making me sad well we'll still do it if they don't listen probably Okay. All right. Well, I think that's it for episode one of uh, the Creating Complicated podcast. We'll be back next time uh, with some more talk. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks a lot. Bye.